0: Today on Code pen Radio. What's up, everybody? Uh, Code pen Radio three seventy four. I got a special guest, Kevin Powell. How you doing, Kevin?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Just thanks a lot for having me.
0: Yeah. My pleasure, really. I'm sure most of you uh, uh, know Kevin. Kevin is a, a CSS evangelist. I see it says in your and 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 heck yeah, you are you you um, teach people through all kinds of mediums. I particularly think of YouTube because you're basically like super good at YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that the main thing? Is that your main focus these days? You making a living doing it? Definitely,
1: it's sort of how I I've guess I got where we are now uh is by starting up over there I still don't know how it's happened but you know it's it's pretty cool (laughs) I
0: guess (laughs) it's extremely cool because I think of some you know there's there's just like generic influencers out there that maybe have like millions of subscribers on YouTube and that's fine or whatever but they're so generic that it's like how do you I don't know I feel like there's an advantage to the niche no matter what it is and your niche is like a niche of a niche so I I think there's just like almost like more value in it because people know what to expect from you advertisers know who your audience is so can hit you that way and so I don't know if that's your top priority I doubt it you clearly have a a passion for the web and for those things so it's I'm sure it's not like financially driven or anything necessarily but it's probably pretty cool that you can make a living doing it right it's it's still mind-boggling (laughs) that I can. Uh, it's kind of wild, yeah. but, um, I'm,
1: I'm super happy that I can. Cause like you said, it's something I'm super like just excited about. And the fact that I can help people and, and have the reach I do now, um, I, it was completely by accident that this happened. I didn't start the channel with any ambitions of anything ever happening (laughs) um Uh and like after a year of making videos it was basically that nothing had happened and you know you get like 50 views on a video and you're pretty stoked if it you know oh i got 100 on that one that's yeah it was so like you know
0: looking back to to that to where things are now it's kind of insane really Mm-hmm. I mean, I can relate to that in a big way because I had, you know, CSS Tricks as the blog mm-hmm. and the it, same vibe. If it, if an article got a couple of comments or, you know, yeah. a noticeable number of views, you're like, hell yeah, you know, which was enough in those early days. And then it kind of slowly, slowly grows up. Maybe it wasn't so slowly for you though. after that first year, was there a, a noticeable... It, it's up. kind of
1: funny. You see, I think a lot of people assume YouTube sort of like this hockey stick growth, right? Where like mm-hmm. once like growth, whatever, you know, like this exponential explosion. There's a tipping
0: point or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it's for me, it hasn't been that. It's sort of been like in steps almost so like i'll just be sort of rolling along and then like all of a sudden it's like oh this one video does well and it sort of hits like oh i just reached this new group or this new audience and then like it just sort of rolls along there and then it's
0: like oh this one video did super well and then it goes from there again uh Uh, so it's yeah nice so you do gotta it it seems to be linked to a a a killer video which is probably unpredictable too right it's not like oh that one i did with the fire ship dude was the one or whatever yeah
1: and i mean for me the, the my last one that actually exploded cuz one thing i'm i'm trying to do more and more now is to um talk about accessibility as much as possible and i always see that as like the one that like i it for me often it shouldn't be taught as like its own subject it should just be part of the conversation mm-hmm. um but then i made a video talking about the like a skip to main link and it had right. granted a, a very clickbaity title and that one <laughs> was one of the ones that definitely uh exploded
0: b- because of the title but like oh, yeah that's awesome i'm so glad you weren't it wasn't the opposite, like a like a, I don't know, every time I talk about accessibility, it, I lose 50 followers or something. Not the case, people. Yeah, isn't yeah. <laughs> helped Kevin blow up. Yeah, that's great. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Just that dumb little thing, like like a, a link for screen readers to skip past all the cruft at the top of your website. But it's, uh, it's one of those things that there's enough detail that it's tricky to get right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have this medium at your fingertips that's just tremendous it actually like warms my little heart a little bit to know that so many people learn from you who have your you know your head screwed on straight about it but that if you actually sit there and watch the video which people clearly do on your channel that you're like I don't know it's like seeping into your brain a little in the in the best possible way that you're watching somebody do it you're seeing the results of it or whatever because most of the content I've ever produced was is is written and it's great cuz maybe the I don't know you, you, the analytics numbers are are high cuz it's like any hit anybody that even happens to scoosh by the blog post gets recorded as as a thing but a view is like much more engagement than a view of a of a blog post i think so to see those numbers so high that all that information is just seeping out there into a new generation of people is pretty cool yeah it is an
1: interesting topic there though just on like the written versus you know video format i think for tutorials and everything like it mm-hmm. it's a hard one i think in like the comparison in a way um just because you know for a quick a quick understanding of something even like i'll go look for written content first because you see it there on the screen, you can copy and paste it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's one of those things. It's definitely a bit different, but I think it's that idea, like you said, of instead of being more of like, here's like the different things, it's more about like, here's actually how, like, let's take that and then use it and show how it can be put in um, and play around with and things like that.
0: Right. Yeah. To say it's not, I mean, you you can't put them on a, one's not better than the other necessarily. It's It's just a a different way you engage in it you know and i too find myself doing doing both i've i'm on my own little personal journey here to uh to learn Go, you know, a language that we use here at CodePen quite a bit. And I think it's really fun. And I just happen to be in a place in life where it's like, oh, I can kind of switch my main attention or something because I kind of recently had the sale of CSS Tricks 2, so I'm not producing as much CSS-related content or being responsible for that necessarily. So, well, yeah, maybe I'll dip my toes in in uh, something else and so i have to go back to this very beginner place of being like how do you do a variable you know like Ooh, yeah. what if i want to <laughs> merge these two objects what do i what do i possibly do that and to some degree like in the moment if I'm writing something that is, you know, production, I'll just do it, you know, I'll end up landing on Stack Overflow and stuff like anybody else does. But then there's these other times, perhaps I'm at lunch, perhaps I'm even laying in bed at night because I'm such a nerd that it's actually like kind of calming for me to watch tech videos. I'll watch videos about Go. I don't <laughs> even care what they're about necessarily. <laughs> just like give it to me. And so I bet there's, and that, I don't know, I think it almost sinks in a little harder when I'm watching those videos because I'm seeing someone with, at least usually, with some passion about it doing it. Um, For you, CSS is a big target. You know, do you think of it, you know, and I think you're known, certainly, as a CSS dude, but it's, but, you know, CSS doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? So, it's always at least paired with HTML. Is that kind of the plan going forward? Are you going to branch out or it seems like a bumper crop for css this year maybe and just stick with that i mean
1: yeah i I have been saying that to people just like my the timing of things as far as like when i made the channel like if i made this five years ago maybe i would have run out of content at one point Uh, uh you know you can obviously you know let's build this and build that and build this other thing but like right now it's just like I'm almost like having to hold back on topics that I want to do just because I sort of I've done like I did, I, I did a video on Subgrid when Firefox got support for it, thinking that it would be relevant soon. And then two years later, and finally, it's gaining relevance a little bit. Yeah. Um, so like I'm holding off on, on some of the content just because I'm like, let's wait until it looks like it's about to ship or it's hitting, you know, sort of
0: like the nightly and, and
1: canary and all of that at least um
0: i see i see or will your comments be full of like i can't use this yeah are those days i I still get
1: what about internet explorer if i talk about grid and i'm just like oh
0: Oh, really yeah (laughs) you just can't it just can't be can't be can't be (laughs) people you need to (laughs) reevaluate Your mind a little bit here. <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, like you were saying, though, it is a bit of a, a good time to be a CSS focus just with where CSS is going and the maturity it's going through right now is is incredible and super exciting. Heck yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for me, it's also like I made the channel as like a hobby thing. So like it's, it's really what that's what I enjoy the most is sort of that side of things. So as much as possible, I want to keep focusing on that. But I do think because I have a larger audience now that it's important to that's why I was sort of, I'm trying to integrate more accessibility as I'm learning more about it myself. And it's also like, you know, I want to get into like, sort of like, um, am uh, looking at some, like I've t- touched on a bit on static site generation with like 11 T and with, I'm looking at mm-hmm. Astro, which is really cool and stuff. And it's sort of like, you know, let's, I, I, cause you always get questions about other languages and everything else, um, whether it's JavaScript, but a lot of react and other stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm just like, you know, I, I sort of like the idea of making, like, if I'm just doing regular CSS, like if you're writing CSS and JS, you can still take that. Or if you're writing SAS, you can still take what I'm doing and put it in there or like, whatever. So like, right. By staying a little bit more vanilla, I think there's, there's upsides to it. Um, but at the same time I do see, you know, sort of like if I am going to branch off and go more into like, let's make something I, I wouldn't necessarily, go to react if it's going to be like let's let's make a portfolio page because i don't know i don't Mm. think you really need that necessarily and let's use 11e and something that's going to make you have a super fast and performance site and not have you know we don't need all these bells and whistles to have a a blog or a general you know a personal project or something necessarily uh so that's sort of ideas but i still got a lot to talk about with css so i'm happy just sticking with that too
0: sure i mean that brings up a good point though that you could that's almost like free content in a weird way if you leaned into the house because CSS does exist in other ecosystems you know I I would think that I don't know this feels like a gamble to say that perhaps most people that write CSS are writing it in some other unique little ecosystem that either they devise themselves or is part of where they work and -hmm. it's probably not just raw CSS (laughs) So your bet is I'm I'm teaching you this in vanilla CSS because it will travel where you are. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, even
1: if like, even some people are like, why are you just doing each like regular HTML and, and CSS? And I'm like, well, it's, you know, if I did it, if I do it with React to build out this like one lesson I'm doing, like everyone mm-hmm. who's not using React, they're not going to look at it. Even if they could learn stuff from it, they're just like, oh, that's React. Like out, I'm out. They're to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's just you know it, I think talking primarily about CSS like you said off the top is a, a niche enough subject. <laughs> I don't really necessarily want to niche down more than that uh, too much at least.
0: Yeah, that was kind of the the gamble I tried to make at CSS Tricks to tried to not involve a framework if I could possibly avoid it even when there's a guest author I'd kind of try to rip that stuff out a lot. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times what you'd get is like an assumption of SAS or something. There was like a long period where SaaS SAS was so big mm-hmm. that you just roll with that. And it's not like there's, you know, there's still some of that content and CSS history. So I tried to push away from it where we could. Um, yeah, yeah. And now I see uh, it, I'll never go away. I see it on other blogs sometimes too, where they, they put a bit of HTML and I'm like, that's actually JSX, you know, <laughs> just to be, just to be clear, <laughs> not really HTML, uh, but I don't mind it. That's, I guess that's what I meant by free content. If you're, if you're really strapped for stuff, you could take a existing lesson and just be like, okay, here's how that applies to Astro or whatever. Yep. It, it can be interesting, you know, it can be. Like I don't know, they support CSS modules. That's pretty weird. So mm-hmm. here's how those connect. But yeah, I think you're you're smart. You're too big to niche out now any further. <laughs> <laughs> so it, you know, there's stuff like uh, this. Just to connect it to you know your world and mine a little bit, the best I can. There was a a pen I saw just the other day that was really leaned into has. Do you have a you know like brand new stuff? You know dropping in, I think it's, as I speak, it's Safari stable and Chrome flagged. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool though, right? Like what? Like we were pretty sure that was just never going to happen. In fact, there was a, you know, back when I was followed it as closely as I could, the refrain was like, that's just not how browsers work. So Stop asking because you're not gonna get this. The the mythical parent selector. And then all of a sudden we just do. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. enabled us to, to just have it all of a sudden, but we do now. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it in Firefox. That's a whole other conversation of how how quickly impossible it is for them to keep up and and the conversation about how much people care <laughs> changes too. But let's say that, like, do you have a video on hand? Like, how does the Kevin Powell brain work when you see a feature like that? Or like, is it time for the video or not?
1: Yeah, I haven't done one on it. I have used it in a video um, just -hmm. because I was trying to solve a problem and I couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm like, you know what? I'm opening up Canary and I'm doing it. uh, And we're just going to look at it this way because it's going to be in CSS Mm -hmm. soon and here's how cool it is. And then of course, on that, there was like 10 comments within and 15 minutes saying, like, oh, you could have just done this instead. And it would have been fine. And without the has, oh. and I was like, oh my goodness. So oh, I didn't, I think of that, but um, it, it was still, yeah, it, it's definitely, I, I sort of play around when I see these things, like um, I did do a video on is and where, well, that gain support so quickly though. It seems like certain things just like, oh, here's this new thing we have. And a week later, not quite, but pretty quickly, yeah. everyone just supports it, and you're just like, "Wow, that was Whoa. cool." Okay,
0: yeah, it's this new era of evergreen browsers. Even though I know that's, you know, that's a nuanced topic in itself, but yeah, for for the stable branch of, they yeah. it does things do seem to fall pretty quick. But there's plenty of stuff that's not going to be like that. It, oh, you know, yeah. Container that's, queries aren't going to be like that. Container units aren't going to be like that. You
1: know? And that, that, that was one of my worries a little bit when all these new, like you just see this like list of all the new things that are coming. And I'm just like, yeah. the last thing I we want is like, especially because Safari, at least in the past, has tended to do its own thing. So Safari would be, you know, it's already supporting has, but it has like the color syntax, all the new colors stuff. And it's like, that stuff's really cool. But, you know, is Chrome going to go container queries first? And is Firefox going to keep pushing on the next level of grid or whatever? And like, if each, you know, you have all this cool stuff going, but all the browsers are sort of focused on different areas, it doesn't help us at all because we still can't use Mm. any of it uh, realistically. So it does look like that may not be such an issue. Um, I'm hoping it's not. But yeah, it's, Yeah. it's definitely... It's a, a little bit, you know, frustrating to see progress made in some areas and not of others, but it's still I think for anyone who's, you know, I, I, I've been reading your blog or CSS tricks since way before I even started making content. And like, you know, back then, new stuff just came so slowly. So now to be so, looking at it and going yeah. like. Oh, maybe we have to wait a little
0: while for this. If you, you know, maybe we're a bit spoiled right now. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. That wait a little while is is t- tends to be like a year-ish, maybe, you know, yeah. instead of the like, oh, I don't know, five <laughs> or whatever <laughs> it was. Yeah. And it changes. I wonder how, you know, j- 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 JavaScript people, which I'm not trying to like put them in a bucket necessarily, but you know, the like the, the people responsible for setting up a JavaScript like build process, for example, they've been JavaScript has tended to move faster. It's the fastest moving of the languages we deal with. You know, Babel came along and it polyfilled a ton of stuff mm-hmm. language-wise, and then polyfills have always been a thing in JavaScript so that, you know, so when you're talking browser features rather than the language of JavaScript, you can polyfill those things too, and that culture set in a little thick I think that you know once spread became a thing you're like oh yeah we just use that now because the assumption is we'll we'll either polyfill it or something and it didn't I don't think that clicked as heavily in CSS but I wonder if it's going to start to I would think you could even influence that if you wanted to just saying but you know but there's that you know there's a post CSS thing that seems to get pretty popular called what is it? preset M which is named after the Babel configuration preset env, which is kind of saying like it trails the most popular realistic level of browser usage, and it has stuff in there like these color syntaxes, Mm -hmm. like nesting, and it's a subset, because you can't, you know, it's tricky what you can and can't polyfill in CSS, but I wonder if that's coming, that idea of like, everybody just uses that and some basic levels of polyfills, and then we kind of stop thinking so hard about what's in what browsers and what isn't because the polyfill culture is so prevalent and yeah i think i
1: mean post css and having that the preset env is it's awesome that you sort of can not worry even i remember when it was just i think back then it was it had a different name at one point yeah it did Mm, i forget and like that was even just with it, well, obviously there was the auto-prefixer, but even with like custom properties when like you weren't, you know, support wasn't great and it would just be like, oh, well you can use it and it's going to just before your custom property use it to take that color and automatically just put it like however you're using it as yeah. like a backup and stuff. So like the fact that you didn't have to worry about it and, you know, just for that was super cool. And now, you know, as you said, you have nesting. The, um, I've been using it so I can use like the um, custom property. Um, yeah, the media query custom properties.
0: right. Yeah, because you can't like you can't make a media query a, you'd think you could, because it was it's just a variable, right? But it's like, nope, you can't actually. And this allows you to be like, okay, my small, that's like I I I can I can put that in one place in a custom property. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's what an easy polyfill, you know. Like, I could have wrote that one. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I don't think it's, we're quite there yet. I don't, I don't see usage of this preset M thing being so strong that people just like, you just like see articles with with native nesting in it or something. you like, you just don't see that quite no, enough. No, we're, we're not there yet. That's for sure. And then there's that like, e, 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 just because you're polyfilling with preset M doesn't mean your container queries will work. That's a totally different kind of polyfilling. Mm-hmm. So I think that separation is is weird, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know where I was taking that. It's just so interesting that so even Kevin has not dropped a Has video yet. You know. Yeah,
1: it, it's, it's, that says something. It's planned, but it's not there yet.
0: And I had, you know, I was seeing some pens related to it, and then I saw the pen break. So it's like ha- there's like a certain there's support and not support, and I don't mean to scare anybody, but there is like with selectors like that. There's almost like a sub chart of support. Like, what exactly can you put in a has mm-hmm. that actually works? Because that actually has some, you know, it's like, will it, you know, 10 nested selectors in has work? Can you put a has in a has? Can you put a not in a has? Can you put not outside of a has? And those type of things. And it's not kind of super guaranteed that, that that green check mark means that every permutation of that works, sadly. And that's, you know, even I remember running into that, even
1: with it it might've been the not select, you know, the not pseudo function or whatever we call them, where I think it's Safari supported complex selectors inside of that, but other browsers weren't supporting it or something. Um, So, you know, you could get come in with like direct child with the plus and, you know, you could do whatever you wanted, basically. And Safari was fine with it. And the other browsers were just like, nope, it's a Mm. single selector. I think you could do a little bit, but like there was a limitation on it anyway yeah Uh, so yeah it's frustrating when that happens because you you assume it's just working and then you're like wait what and then you're looking for documentation and
0: it's on that level it's hard to find like the nuance that comes into it sometimes exactly right and you're and that's the kind of thing where a video is great to explain it but there actually needs to be like a faster way to find that information you know (laughs) thanks mdn or whatever usually (laughs) i could see the frustration going both ways too because the browser's like we had to do that you know do you want this or not? We yeah. had to ship it. Yeah, <laughs> we had to pick some kind of limits here. Whatever. Uh, pretty, pretty cool too. Uh, I don't want to. This doesn't have to be about CodePen so much, but there is a little crossover. Sometimes we see videos. You do it once in a while. Use a um, use CodePen as the IDE in the video because hey, well, you know, it just tends to work out. There's there's definitely some. You know, casual YouTubers that I'll just be like, "Oh, they're using CodePen, cool." You know, it tends to work out, right? It's not like we designed the product for that, but just a little bit of serendipity there. For, huh?
1: for me, it's nice because I do, even if I don't end up doing it in CodePen, that's usually where everything starts. <laughs> you know, just Pen. New, and then I have an idea. Let's do a rough draft, and then if it's something a bit more involved, I might go to VS Code, just because people mm-hmm. tell me they like it for whatever reason. But I'm like, for simple things, it's so much easier than like, you know, if even if I'm watching something, if it's a simple example, and for whatever reason, I do want to see the code, I don't want to link to a GitHub repo. And then I have to like fork it and Ooh. do whatever, like if I can just click it and it's there and it's nice and simple, uh, you know, for me, I think that makes a lot I of sense. You. Yeah. Right. So and then, you know, it's also just the, you know, the setup of it works super well for just focusing on whatever language and, and the different things and everything i need is there for like what i'm doing so and then i don't have to muck yeah. around too much with my font sizes in vs code and i can sort of leave that how i want to <laughs> instead right, of having right, to right. you know i mean that's how to... my
0: life is too of course i use vs code and you know everybody <laughs> it's just a nice it's a nice editor that's kind of set up for a more complex situations you know <laughs> complete file systems and having a terminal and yada yada yeah pretty cool yeah it's it's interesting to know like what how you you know what your flow is just for our purposes too because code pen's certainly going to evolve and change and hopefully support more workflows and stuff but not ruin it for anybody too you know it's one of those <laughs> we're like a i don't know face some of the same problems that a browser might you know you're like i don't want can't break anything yeah i want to ship stuff but ship the minimal amount of everyone. it's not going to ruin it you know it doesn't hurt that we get to be in kevin powell videos you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah sweet so what else is going on we, we we didn't cover the it's not like we my intention was to go through the list of css stuff but i did plan to ask you like what's you know what's the next year look like what are you excited about watching uh technology wise and really and and and, and kind of content wise you know what do you, you got a yeah sneak um, preview of anything Definitely.
1: Uh, actually, right now, my my current planning is a bit of a disaster because I've been working on a new course for four nice. months longer than what is planned. It should have launched four months ago, and it's still not ready. <laughs> um, mm. So uh, that's sort of mucked up everything, and it's a lot of like week by week content at the moment, which I hate doing. But we're say <laughs> la vie, yeah. So a lot of the future content is me keeping an eye on what's what's happening with a lot of the f- the things I'm most excited about, whether it's has uh, the color stuff, uh, container queries, subgrid, all these things that I'm waiting for them just to hit that next step. <laughs> you know, one more browser grabbing a hold of it. And then definitely, uh, once I see that, like, they're sort of, okay, it's a realistic timeframe, I can say that it's come, you know, it's in these two browsers and in the pipeline for a third, then, you know, here come some videos on that for sure. Yeah,
0: that would make sense too. I think it might hurt the videos to a little bit of every other sentence you're you're talking about <laughs> browser support and stuff. Cause then there'll come a moment where that matters less and then the course will feel really that, dated. That's one thing on I was
1: always jealous of with on CSS tricks when you had like those can I use tables, but I think you were like that was
0: live, right? It wasn't just it was like a live. screenshot. Yeah so like for me i I just switched to on purpose at one point because i was like i can't keep these up to date that's crazy (laughs) yeah so like in my
1: videos if i put a screenshot saying like it's this is the current support and hopefully it's better soon and like i can tell people like check the current support in the link down below but they won't and then they'll just comment and you know complain or whatever it is uh so that's one thing that i wish you can't put
0: like an iframe in a video or (laughs) something. that's too bad i wonder if that's some kind of future technology (laughs) Um, so it's is, is it the Beyond CSS course? That's the one that's about to yeah, launch. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I nice. mean, we were, we were talking about vanilla CSS.
1: It's one where I'm not doing vanilla CSS. I'm going more into like my workflow beyond that. Because um, I have right. a course. I have a course that's more about like let's understand CSS and how CSS works. Because uh, I think the biggest issue people generally run into it is it's the whole like. You start learning CSS, and it's color blue, background red. It's a declarative language. It's super simple. And then when it doesn't work exactly how you think it should, it, you're just frustrated, and it feels like Ooh. a broken language. Um, so there'll be some debugging stuff in here, or, or what? so this. So the, yeah, my older course, my previous one, was more about that. Like well, let's understand the fundamentals of how CSS actually works and how it's you know. So you're not frustrated with it. You understand you know, some of it was more like what's formatting context and stacking context and stuff like that, um, debugging and that side of things. So then this one's more about like, let's talk about scalable solutions now and go into like, you know, uh, so I am using SAS to sort of, it's my workflow that I've had for a while. So I'm going into that and, um, generating sort of lots, you know, I mean, it, 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 Hopefully it's something that, well, it goes deep into SAS, but it's something I think you could even use Tailwind for if you're just generating uh, utility classes and stuff like that. I don't go full on like 100%, but I like having utility classes for for certain things. So like, let's right. generate all that. Let's, you know build on top of that, get into like project architecture, um, getting into theming design systems
0: and sort of that side of things. Yeah, probably a little bit that matches what people actually do. Exactly. Yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> speaking of that, that's sort of the idea there. And I was I was going to do the end of the final module of the course. I was originally going to use Eleventy, um and hook it up. With a headless CMS, but I'm actually probably not going to do that because you do get a lot of questions about CSS and JS and ideas around that. So I'm like, oh, if I'm going that far, I might as well, um, you know, use something where yeah. we could sort of go that next step. And it, there's lots of different options. So I'm still, as I said, I'm way behind on the course. So I haven't figured out what <laughs> which one I'm going to do yet. Um, but we'll sort of get into that world as well and how all of these ideas can sort of come together. Uh, on to like managing larger scale projects and and dealing
0: with all the issues that can come up with them. Nice, yeah, that'll be that'll be great too. Yeah, you got to find your niche within the niche, you know, because there's there's certain courses that kind of already exist. You know, like if you're gonna like do a you know, grid specific course or something, be like, well done. You know, now you're competing against the other grid specific courses <laughs> out there. You know, I know that Josh Comau has a you know CSS course that's really popping right now too. So yes. I'm sure that's on your mind of trying to. Not do the exact same thing, lest yeah. you know. Yeah, it's I I, I got his course because I was just curious, but it's super yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like, damn, he, he knocked this one out of the park. I can see why it's so popular. Yeah, yeah and
0: you brought up the tailwind thing. That's so tricky, right? Because you can't. You, I think feel like you can dip your toes in some CSS stuff, but not that. You know, like if you're going to do that, <laughs> you got. You're either using it or you're not. In a way, and that's that's tricky. So. Yeah. I don't even know what, I mean, I'm sure you can't avoid addressing it here and there, but it's like a fuck <laughs> in the road for styling websites.
1: Yeah. I do get like, sometimes when I sort of go into stuff on CSS, there's always some comments of like, oh, I could have just done that with Tailwind <laughs> instead of like, you know, all of this. And I'm like, okay, you could have, but that's, you know, why are you here? I guess in a way, uh, you know, the, right. it was quite clearly a, this is how you do this, you know, how it works. And I, I think even, the way I see it for me anyway, with most of my content, it's, it's a lot about like, it's not, let's use these properties to like make this. It's like, let's understand what we're doing. Uh And so I think like, you know, it's even the idea, like, it was funny for me. Like I learned a lot about CSS when back in the day when I wasn't great and I was using bootstrap a lot and just seeing and figuring out how bootstrap is doing what they were doing rather than just using it. And then sort of like you know their class naming how they were organizing their structure uh you know is that that they were building it on sas too and i was using sas so seeing sort of how they organized everything how they were getting to that point how you could customize it and everything you know and, and so like that's sort of the idea that i want to do is like you know let's instead of reverse engineering it like i did let's try and understand how it's working so if you are using whatever framework it is or if you're using tailwind or anything like that like if you understand the core language i think you're you should be able to like pick those up pretty
0: quickly um and it's a sort of different ways of authoring the css you're building a system like it or not yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's true that, that no matter what, you know, as weird as it gets, you know, you could be using something really weird. Maybe that's like CSS and JS-like, but then turns itself into Tailwind classes to apply itself or something that you've taken some weird old left turns to, to style this website. Still, at the end, it is CSS. Mm-hmm. There is no alternative language for styling a website you know there's a like a little bit of html that it has some implicit styles but for the most part it's css and you have no option (laughs) so yeah there you go and yeah so like you, you need to understand sort of the implications of
1: of what it's doing when you're using all of this stuff right and i think that's the part and again, that's why tools like Tailwind have exploded And before that bootstrap is because it does take some of that off. And if you're like, if you're the, there's so many people that are, as you said, these JavaScript people, that's their focus and they need to style the site. Like same for me, like yeah. I am so much better at CSS than JavaScript. And when I get into the JavaScript side of things, I'm spending so much more time on it because I need to sort of, you know, it's a lot more Googling, a lot more stack overflow, a lot more figuring things out. <laughs> Whereas I'm assuming you know, if you're on the other side of things, you don't want to necessarily be doing that. You just want to make it work. And so, like, I get why those things have exploded, um, and why there's always going to be something that's sort of solving that problem in in one way or another. Yeah,
0: yeah. A little, maybe even more. There are multiple ways to attack this problem in CSS than other languages. I'm not sure if that's entirely fair, but I'll throw that out there for now. That if you, if me and you looked at the same exact UI we could probably both get real close and both make pretty okay choices and have it be yes pretty different yeah, too which true. is a huge turn off to some people i think 100 percent. which is why it's crucial to like how you said it you have to let's look at what we are doing and make some choices based on like the parameters of what mm-hmm. we're doing yeah and if you don't start like that man I mean, you're you're kind of like i don't know well, oh, i hate to say it but maybe learning the wrong way yes yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> but i mean and it, it is very nuanced
1: in in a certain way cuz like i was recording something this morning and i used a position absolute and then had to center it and then you know it's going like it, it is that whole like joke of with css like centering is hard which is you know i think it's changed yeah. we, we've you, know, you i still see it come up on on twitter and stuff but even when I went to do that, I'm like, it's kind of funny because I'm going to like position absolute. So now I'm doing the whole like top left 50% and then the translate minus 50% sure. to bring it back. And uh-huh. it's like, we still need to do that now in this certain context, even though in this other context, I'd be doing it. So like, if you're someone who's not comfortable with all the, like going like, what do you mean? I have to use this completely sort of a- obtuse way of centering something when like I thought
0: this was easy now and like there is that weird you know there, there is that's a very good point yeah like yeah sure it's easy when you use the new stuff yeah <laughs> but then there's the old stuff but then there's the I'm surprised you didn't. Did, did you did you, so? You didn't. Do did you you go top left negative fifty percent? Yeah. But even top and left have changed now. So really, you should have used w- whatever it is block. Oh, that's how right. Do you, yes. How do you say top in a in a in a in a logical property? Is there what's the what's top? See, no. This you caught me
1: on something that I need to look more into because I've been using inset all the time now. And yeah, inset, that's,
0: but that's only all four values. It's all
1: four but inset was part of the logical property spec but from what i understand about it it's not a logical property and that the top value is always the top still and i'm just like i i, I just read one quick thing on it and oh. i never bothered to dive
0: deeper into it but i'm just like wait what i'm confused now <laughs> Why? yeah that that's a, that's a weird one I yeah thought that was a good one too but if they're all the same like if it's inset zero or right. 10 yeah. or something then that who cares then but as soon as soon as one of them is different then it's not logical anymore oh that sucks something like that yeah but it's
1: i guess that's one thing they haven't figured out with the absolute positioning
0: and that, that's even logical properties are
1: one of those things that like for some like for margin inline i padding inline stuff like that i'm using it a lot even the block ones But for whatever reason, when it comes to like widths and stuff, I'm like, I'm width. And I don't even like, I was doing something with Adam Argyle a little
0: while Mm -hmm. ago. And he was just like, you know, we had to set a width on something. It was just block size or is it? Size block, whichever yeah, block. one. Size. So size is a keyword we haven't used much yeah. in CSS. So you like have to say, yeah. Block for him, size. it was
1: just like second nature. Like he didn't even think of mm-hmm. using width. And I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like it's funny how for certain
0: things I've I've picked it up right away, uh, and other ones just. Right, which yeah. I hate to tell you is actually kind of a bummer. Like having a half-and-half half code base sucks because if something else sets margin-bottom and you roll in with your new knowledge and say margin-block-end, it doesn't override margin-bottom. Yes, and that's don't, so frustrating. You don't want to live in that world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of st- struggling with that because I'd say every one of my sites is a little unholy Combo in a way that I'm not super proud of, but I'm starting to understand the the problems with that. It could be a little sprint. Let's say that people out there working, why don't you why don't you take this week? It's a short week, you know, or at least for in the U.S. for Memorial Day, uh, and just convert all your stuff. Hundred <laughs> percent conversion because you won't. I don't think I don't think you'll regret. It. I think the browser support is there. Yeah, for the for the most part. Okay. Well, there's, we could talk about CSS for a hundred years, Kevin, I'm sure. we could <laughs> So I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me about all you got going on. I'll tell you all out there, go to beyondcss.dev. That's the upcoming course. You might as well get in on that, but if you just Google Kevin Powell, you'll find all this other stuff, including his YouTube, like, and subscribe folks. <laughs> and uh, anything else you want to leave people with before we go, Kevin?
1: No, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, just, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was she said we could keep on going, but it's been a blast.
0: My pleasure, take care, talk to you soon. take it easy.